Welcome everybody to the next and new episode of 2019. Where we interview Bo Yachty. For his latest 2018 release, Unearth the Curse, Curse of, of the, the Nefties. And within this film, for the small synopsis, we have Don Swear, who is played by none other than Bo Yachty. And Don Swear is tested to the extreme when he's forced into battle with a powerful supernatural force. An ancient Egyptian goddess known as Nephthys. on everybody we are back with an exciting new episode of the 2019 calendar man i almost butchered that one whoa what was i saying almost saying there uh anyway i am paul dolsky with the lovely fiance and we are here with the man behind the screen with acting writer and director uh bo yachty hello bo Hello, how are you guys? Oh, we are just lovely, you know, just getting ready for that New England storm weather that's supposed to hit sometime tonight or today. Oh, I was going to wish you a happy New Year, so hopefully that goes and it's even happier New Year afterwards. Well, happy New Year to you too, and hopefully you had a great uh, Christmas or holiday or Hanukkah or whatever everybody listened to and you you celebrated (laughs) Yeah, I, I did. I had a Merry Christmas. I hope everyone yeah. had, like you said, whatever their uh, prerogative is, it was happy and healthy. Very cool. Very cool. So, Bo, if you don't mind, uh, for people who are listening that have may have never heard of you, could you kind of give like an origin story of who you are and how you got into horror and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's probably everyone, but... Um... Yeah, me. I, well, I grew up a huge fan of cinema. Um, Stallone. I watched every Stallone movie, but then, you know, uh, horror is always there. It's great, timeless. Alfred Hitchcock, one of my favorite directors, and um, so big fan of movies in general. Growing up, and then later on, I, you know, I, it's just like uh, there's nothing else I really want to do. I love telling the stories, making films. And uh, hopefully connecting with the audience, someone watching. And I think that is like one of the uh, greatest joys if you can see someone connecting with your film, your idea, something you've written, that kind of thing. But um, the the movie that really got me liking the psychological and horror would be The Shining. I mean, since I was a kid, I, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm sure you've seen it. I don't know how many times, but. That scene with the mask, and then uh, what was going on? Little Danny was riding his tricycle, and then those two guys with the bear mask, I think it was. I still don't know what kind of mask it is, but that terrified me when I was a kid, and it just stuck 
stuck with me till now. And I just want to, in my way, try to put something in someone's mind that they remember like I remember that scene. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty much. That, that movie was pretty incredible. There's so many memorable. All the blood coming out of the elevator. Yep. Um, Nicholson freezing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spoiler yeah. alert, sorry. I, I, I don't know. You haven't twins. seen that by now. Come and play with us, Danny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ever, and ever, and ever. <laughs> oh, and uh, but yeah, yeah. As you were saying, Bo. <laughs> oh, the the scene when Nicholson goes into the the room, and the, the you know the beautiful woman there, and oh my goodness! <laughs> All of a sudden, you're kissing a zombie. Scared the heck out of me. Well, I bet you're excited for part two for, uh, what are they calling it? Dr. Sweep, I believe. Yeah, I am. I don't, I don't know yeah. what it's called yet either. I want to say it's Dr. Sweep, but, uh. It sounds right to me. Yeah, it does sound right. And I think that's, uh, yeah. next year or so. I don't think it's this year. Yeah, I think it is next year. It's always, I don't know, uh, you know. It's a little concerning for the sequels, but in this case, it's like, man, I got to see it. It's been so long. I want to see what they come up with. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it had been a long time, and it's it it is kind of interesting that they waited this long for a sequel. I mean, even if they were not planning on one, I mean, I really don't know how they were. Or how even Stephen King got the idea to even do like a sequel to it, but I guess we'll have to find yeah, out. Well, I mean, I don't. I didn't read the book because according, because you know, the books take forever to read anyway. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, but, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. At least Stephen King's still, you know, he's still here to give his insight, so it won't be, you know, dinosaurs or something in the film. I hope not, anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, yeah, I really hope not now. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, I, for the blah, 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 long day. So, the first question, Bo, is uh, what inspired you to start acting? For me, like I was saying earlier, just like my idols growing up, they inspired me in everyday life. And I just want to be able to hopefully inspire one person maybe two people it's just i don't know you know how they always say you get the acting bug or whatever it is but it is true (laughs) you don't really think about doing anything else it's hard to explain well i think i might know what you mean i mean i did act in a short horror film myself uh, a couple years ago in a local short film anyway called uh dead static here in vermont and so I kind of, I think I know what you mean by the acting bug a little bit, even though it didn't really grow on me, but it was fun trying to pretend to be somebody else and try to make who whoever you're trying to uh, portray come to life and make them seem real. I mean, yeah, it is quite fun. Yeah, and it is. It's either, easier said than done, too. Cause Connecting, making the the audience connect with the character, it can be a difficult thing. And so, even to um, 
be able to do that to the audience in the room or, I don't know, in some cases, a whole state or a country or internationally, I think it's it's a challenge. And uh, I think that's part of it, too, the challenge of everything, trying to make these characters seem who they are, what they do, and where they're going in the film. That's true. That is pretty true. Now, when you first started out, were there any struggles at all? Um, with me, I don't know. It, it's odd because I, I am, for the most part, a shy person. When I was a kid, I was very, very shy. And I, it was nerves thinking about doing it. But then when the camera was rolling, it's like all the nerves are gone. I don't know. It's odd, but it's, it's true. It's maybe like you said, you're, you're taking on the other character, so it's not really you. So, uh, you know, the nerves kind of vanish. But for me, initially, I was always worried about the nerves thing because I was so shy. But once the camera was rolling, they sort of just went away. <laughs> yeah, I, I see. I was the guy behind the camera because it was like a found footage film. So I was that, you know, the cameraman. And everybody knows what happens to cameraman in found footage. <laughs> so, yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Well, I got to check out that film. I'll watch it. Is it online? It is. It's on YouTube called uh, Dead Static. I'm in the uh, the last tale called The Pitford Haunted House. Ooh, I'll definitely take a look at it. I like the name, though, Dead Static. That has a good ring to it. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. Is like It's three tales based on real haunted places here in Vermont where people have actually either been attacked or scratched or something. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much based off of real places here in the Vermont paranormal (laughs) areas. Yeah, that's very interesting. How did you become a stuntman? I played football and baseball all growing up and in in college and I don't know I just kind of said yeah I'll do it (laughs) I mean I'm used to getting beat up no problem (laughs) I don't really have to take I didn't have to take any bumps or anything though on uh, when I was uh, doing it for the Dexter series it was just more of like a a body double because I look like him kind of thing. Speaking of that, you had landed um, your stuntman position on Dexter. How did that happen? And why did it only last a year? Um, I I did the... Well, it happened. Uh, one of the producers, you know, the casting, headshots, all that stuff. I went through the agency and was like, hey, this guy looks like him. We want him. So that wasn't anything audition-wise for me. I just happened to be built like him. And um, it was when I was living in Miami. So they film everything in Los Angeles. And then they come out to Miami to do the, you know, the outdoor, the B-roll or Dexter from far away, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just did two seasons. I believe it was the 8th and the 12th where they put the footage I was in. But it's because they didn't shoot out there all the time, so they just kind of did as much as they could when they were there and then left back to Los Angeles. 
That still hadn't been fun, though. I mean, we're talking the TV show Dexter. I mean, oh yeah, man. The show. Yeah, and I, I was a huge fan. And uh, the first time I met him, it was kind of it was odd, like down there in the marina where they were filming the uh, the police station. He was walking, but the sunlight was behind him, so all I saw was his shadow. Right? It's kind of like a it was a scene in a movie. And he, the closer he got, the more you know it it, it uh, revealed his face and his his uh, body and everything. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's Dexter. But yeah, quick hello from Michael C. Hall. He's he's a real nice guy. It was fun, definitely fun. I wouldn't change anything for the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very cool that you actually got to be a stuntman for Dexter. Yeah, yeah. I still love that show. That show. I don't know. I hope they bring it back one more season. Like a lot of people, I wasn't the happiest with how it ended. I'd like to see a little more. Well, they were talking about a Dexter film to help answer that question of what the happened with that ending finale season. But I don't know what's going on with the idea of of Dexter movie anymore. So I don't know if it's still being, you know, up in the air or they canned it. I don't I don't even think I've heard anything new in a couple of years now. Yeah, I haven't either. My fingers are crossed, though. I'd like to see it. Oh, I would like to see it, too. I was happy when I heard Dexter was coming out of the movie form, at least, because I think that was a, would be longer, a little bit longer than the TV show, I think. I yeah, that is very cool. You can go in the big screen and see it, too. I'd like yeah, to see that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Bo, was there any time, too, when you, being as a stuntman that you almost felt like when you were trying to do a specific scene that something felt off, like something just really seemed wrong when trying to be a stuntman? Um, for the most part, they they make sure everything is, you know, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. They make sure everything is in place. Nothing's going to go wrong. And uh, fortunately for me, I didn't. Not for a second on that during that filming. They had everything organized and ready to go. It was cool driving around in the Dexter mobile, though. <laughs> Man. And you, it almost puts you, you know, you get the theme song in your head, you're driving around. Oh, my goodness. I'm Dexter right now. <laughs> Amazing. All righty. Well, Bo, so recently you just did your very own film here that was released on the 21st of December of last year where you directed, wrote, and starred in it. And the title of it is called The Unearthed, The Curse of the 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 Nephthys. You got it. Yeah, Unearthed, The Curse of Nephthys. We did... Two small little shorts about a character named Don Slayer, and he's kind of like uh, Van Helsing, kind of. Um, but he has these visions of monsters attacking innocent humans or uh, people, no animals yet, but humans. And uh, so he sees the vision and he's drawn to where it happens in hopes of preventing, you know, and 
stopping the attack. So those two, those two shorts were very short. Um, so I thought, hey, I want to do a feature. And I thought, um, you know, what's vampires are everywhere, werewolves are everywhere, mummies are under, everywhere, but what if I do like kind of Egyptian mummy, but she is still, you know, life form, not human form, I guess she's a goddess, but so that's where we came up with uh, the idea for the film. And I don't know, I'm a big fan of the 80s, early 80s um, horror movies and kind of like even the sci-fi genre. So uh, that's, there's, there's scenes in there of the, you know, looking down in the well with the kind of like the barbarian cave behind them. It's an evil lair, but kind of the barbarian cave look. And I don't, our set designer who um, who made the that basically the evil lair, he was just perfectly what I had in my head. So he is a genius. Hey, that's what all it needs, really. I mean, I mean, you just need to find that one person that can just, you know, you just talk to them or even just look at them and it's like a telepathic message. And it's just like, uh-huh, I understand what you want. So Exactly. Cause we had like a couple brief conversations. I told them about like um, uh, a couple of films about where the the Greek gods were looking down on humans, you know? And he said, okay, I think I got it. I think I got what you mean. And then he sent me like just a little snapshot from his cell of the what he created. And it was exactly what I had in my head. So just like you said, it was, it was just there. There's nothing, nothing you can say. It was just, it happened. So I was really excited and happy when I saw it. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, like recently for before the new year, uh, yeah, before the new year even happened, I would like sitting, sitting down here in our apartment and stuff. And I'm just like, it would be a cool idea if I could write my own little short script for 2019 and see where it goes. So I sat down and I wrote a uh, small little script called The Passenger. And, I mean, I've gotten some feedback for it, of course, and stuff. And I'm just like, everybody I tell, I'm just like, just go easy on me, please, because I'm still trying to (laughs) understand this script writing stuff. So don't just, like, just completely brutalize it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't kill my dreams yet. Yeah, don't kill my dream. Please yeah. don't. And, um, you know, they were nice and stuff. And some people actually gave some some good ideas. And then when I told them, I was just like, well, you want more detail? And I kind of did this fast because I at least wanted a, um, you know, a an outline of the idea kind of. Because I had it in my head. It's just a matter of putting it down with words, I guess. So, yeah. But um, it looks like, because I'm looking at your IMDb too, this looks like it's your, let's see, one, two, three, four, your seventh, um, your seventh project that you've actually directed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think what my, what I prefer, first love is acting, of course. 
in writing. I really love writing, telling the stories. And when you're, well, especially, you know, in the indie world, you're, you know, you don't have the budget to hire Spielberg or whatever the heck. So you get your team together, people you trust, people you can depend on, you know they're going to do a great job and just kind of go with it. So directing in the smaller genre films is, uh, well, to me, I don't, much easier than coming in with Spielberg with a, what, now it's not 50 million, what, $300 million budget and stuff like that. That's a whole different world. Oh, I bet. And I mean, it's nice. It's kind of cool to see, like, you have some shorts and some TV series, it looks like. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Unearthed, like, your first, like, actual uh, full length feature? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's the first full the feature that I directed. Yeah. I have, um, I have several other scripts that I've written that this year we're going to, I'm hoping to bring at least two full full edit um, and release them. But yeah, it was, it's my first full feature that I've directed and wrote at the same time, which is fun. There's a lot of different hats, you know, and if, I'm thankful I have a great team around me because, you know, you get lost sometimes. You, they got to keep you on the ball. If you're acting, you're thinking, wait a minute, this isn't going right as a director's habit. You got to take it all off and just kind of go with what you believe in your your team believes is going to work. Unearthed uh, Curse of Nuthies, your latest film. What inspired you to direct, write, and act in this film? Um, I this I go to the gym a lot, and when I do the cardio portion, my brain just goes off thinking, creating. And it just hit me, hey, this is what I want to do. So once it hit me, it just kind of, it. my brain never stopped thinking about it until it was complete in a wrap. So I guess it was kind of an obsession with the idea that was in my brain. <laughs> but there was, yeah, I would not be able to sleep because I'm thinking, wait, what if I do this? What if? And writing and writing, forget about it. When, when I, Well, when I write, my brain... I, it doesn't stop thinking about the script or the characters or anything until that final draft is done. So I don't know. I think it's just kind of something that came in my head and I couldn't let it go until it was done. So basically like the Energizer Bunny, except it's your mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All I wanted to do was sleep, but I couldn't because that dang little pink rabbit was running around. <laughs> <laughs> It was telling you to write more, damn it. <laughs> yeah, what is wrong with you? You don't need sleep. Are you crazy? <laughs> Get up and start finishing that script. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you know uh, uh, who wrote the Conan the Barbarian books? Robert Howard? He was, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, he would um, tell stories that he would write all night long, and he would see Conan behind him, like, with the sword saying, hey, keep writing, keep writing. <laughs> Jeez, now that's a, that's a total different level. I, I never had nephews behind me or anything like that. 
Well, not yet. I mean, hopefully it doesn't That's get to that true. point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true. I mean, I guess, I guess everybody could have their worst enemy behind them poking at them, saying, "Keep going." <laughs> Yeah, that, that's true. That would motivate, I tell you what. Freddy yeah, Krueger was behind would. me if I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but sometimes when also if I'm not doing the podcast or even before the podcast, I used to write my own, um, you could say in a way like poetry lyrics. And sometimes they're not really poetry, it's more like, lyrics that you could actually use it was a uh like a band song per se and mm-hmm. i'll kind of tell either my personal life through that or stories through that so that used to be what i used to do before everything horror podcast was born and that was almost two years ago if you can believe that well and, and now you, you have know, an outlet yeah exactly so so if it's kind of slow here, I can at least write something for my, you know, my poetry stuff. Because um, for the longest time, I had some people try to tell me I should try to publish my works and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the world's ready for that. And <laughs> and then on um, December 26th, Second, 2015, I actually published my first book, and as and going back to what you were just saying, Bo, about the whole Energizer Bunny, where it's pretty much telling you to keep writing until it's the final draft. Well, yeah, let's just put it this way: uh, it took me, I want to say, about a week to for all my lyrics and poetry at the time into the one book, like, you know, with the formatting and stuff, which when it first came out, I didn't really have any paid numbers and the layout kind of looked like crap. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this, but whatever, it's out there. And then later on, when I released my second book, I found out how to do like the paid number, the format. So then I went back to my first book and completely reformatted that. So, yeah, I mean, is that kind of like what you mean, too, where I took that week or a couple of days or however long it took me to uh, to get that book ready within a couple of days? Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean a little bit about getting that, that final thing done. Yeah, exactly. And... It, it's impressive, too, especially for a book, the creative side of you um, putting it out there for people. It's like um, it's like you're naked, you know? You you don't really want to release it because you're like, oh, my goodness, what are people going to say? What if they hate it and all that stuff? So I give you credit, man, putting everything together in the, in the book and putting it out there. It's not easy. No, it's not, especially when you get publishers that try to tell you, like, like, uh, well, if you want to do go through to us, we're going to have to change this, this, and this. And it's just like, I'm going to stop you right there because, one, 
you do not understand the meaning of the book cover for my personal meaning of why I created this to represent it like this with that specific book title and two like at this point in time I think I said something along the lines of like the way that you're talking to me it just sounds like all you see is is just a profit in a way like you're not really there to help me so I kind of just shrugged them off and then I just kept going with my thing but I mean every time I like I set out to you know release one of my books I made sure everything was original that way if somebody did kind of catch on to the hidden subliminal message of what I'm trying to say with the book title and the cover art or book art, whatever, um, maybe they might catch on. If not, then it's always good to get people to go like, you know, I always wondered, what does that even mean? Like, why did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Stick to and, your guns. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like how you did. Cause you, cause don't you run uh what is it called? The Lone Star Ranger production or something? Oh yeah. The Lone I, I chose the most, uh, lo- the longest name possible, I think. The Lone Gunslinger Pictures. But it, it's exactly Gunslinger what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. Because there's a lot of projects, and I was like, eh, I really don't, you know, I don't feel it. Not that it's bad, I just I don't feel it inside of me. So, yeah, that's why I started Lone Gunslinger Pictures. Saying, so, well, I'll do, awesome. do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, like you, like you said, too, well, my idol, uh, Stallone, he did the same thing. He had the script. They were offering him $300,000, and he was living, you know, nowhere. He had no money or anything, and he stuck to his guns, like you're just talking about, because he knew he believed in what he wrote and that kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's that's always got to be a pain, too. And, I mean, we interviewed a guy... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the old, like, eight film to die for series. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no. Well, there's a movie that was, um, on that series called Wake Dead. Mm-hmm. And we interviewed the writer of that film. And he was telling us that he sold the script for Wake Dead 2. But it's now collecting dust on the shelf. <laughs> they own it. And yep. he can't do anything. Yeah, so... And it kind of sucks, too, because though, cause he was kind of telling us a little bit of what the sequel to the first one was. And it actually sounded interesting enough to kind of go like, man, this really needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I guess he had plans to make, like, Lake Dead 3 and 4 and stuff, and I'm just like, Jesus, like, this is ridiculous, but. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it gets hard. I know it does, and I mean, I bet you came into uh, complication, too, when it came to maybe doing some things as well. If not, then I'll be surprised, but. Yeah, everybody runs into difficulties especially in that sense because you know you got to eat you got to pay the bills so you get your script and then they don't 
you know, it just sits there, like you're saying, and he has all these plans, but it, you know, he's stuck. Yeah, he does. Well, he does write his um, some books as well, and one of his books last year ended up winning. Um, oh God, I'm gonna probably screw this screw this up now, but it's like he won a reward for like the best screenplay or something for his book called or script or something called uh ted score so mm-hmm. so of course when i heard about that i congratulated him and stuff as well so but i don't know what's gonna happen with that so yeah well i think the easiest thing is move forward you know you have to there's no I know it's hard in the creative world, though, because you put all your heart and soul into something, and then it's stuck. And then to gain more traction and, you know, push your creative juices in another way, it's easier said than done. But I'm glad it's, that he did. Winning an award for a screenplay is a great thing. I will second that. I mean, like you were saying earlier, just, you know, just do it. <laughs> just yeah, do it. that's what I think. Nike really got got uh, a hold of that slogan. Just do it. Simple and true for everything. Hey, that's always the best thing. As long as it's simple, it can just be that easy ride. If it's not simple, well, then I guess you're just going to have some hills and rocky roads and slide. And, you know, it's, it's not always sand and mud. It's going to be that rocky yeah, but um back to what you were saying too about you were saying you got you gotta love the uh hacks so that comes into play with this question how did you how did you uh play it out when you had to direct an act yeah it, it can get tough i mean this is this is a fun 80s horror sci-fi thing so there's not you know, you're not sitting there winning an Oscar for your acting performance, but at the same time, you have to uh, stay in character and just remove the director's hat and not think about the scene. Otherwise, you're looking at blocking when you're acting and then you're not acting. So you got to find a way within you to separate the two. Some scenes were more difficult than some because, you know, you got the, the sun's going down a certain way, the the um, shadows are forming on your the other actor on screen with you at the time and you see it and as an actor you're not allowed to see that stuff because you know it shouldn't be in your head so it's not always easy but you just gotta try to separate the two what made you want to choose um nefties as the villain um i'm a Oh, I've always been a huge fan of ancient Egyptian uh, history. And uh, so I wanted to go with an actual goddess. And she was the goddess of uh, death and mourning. So I thought, man, her name is difficult, but it works with the the movie. So the goddess of death and mourning came to be Nephthys in the title. Yes. Yes, and she's got quite a history. I mean... Exactly. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's even fun just to read about the 
everything, her history and what the Egyptians thought of her and yeah. her folk- folklore. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to say I I might have studied about her back in, like, middle school days, maybe. I mean, I know I do remember watching, like, the old videos for school where we learn about how they took the brain and stuff out of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was uh, the most interesting thing to probably see in school. It's just like, are we allowed to see this? <laughs> I know. Is there an R rating on this school video? Right. I mean, we're watching this guy literally just take this hook and just to go up the nose and just drag the brain right out. Like, what the (laughs) hell? And then we're seeing him cut open the chest just to put flowers and stuff in him. What is going on here? Yeah, they got to smell good in the afterlife, I think. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, no, definitely it was. Uh, well, I guess you got to learn about it at some point, but it was a shock. But then they give you the frog, and you got to cut up the frog. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, interesting too. The dissecting of frogs and stuff like that. Yeah, a little different, I guess, than the human anatomy. But at least that was on video. The frog is right in your face. You got to chop him up, (laughs) which is very interesting, by the way. That is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But was there really anything, too, like, that really caught your attention with her? Like, is it just because, like, she was the goddess of uh, death? Or was it just because, you know, just because of the fact, too, she was known as, like, a dangerous lady? Or is it kind of, like, all of the above of because of... Yeah. I think it it was all the above, for sure. Because I... you know, I went through other characters from ancient Egypt and stuff, and no one really fit the bill. I even thought about, you know, just using Isis, the goddess Isis, but no, I think Nephi's, she earned her place in the movie, so I had to go with her. Nice, nice. Now, how did uh, casting, how did you have to plan out the casting of your film? How did How did you go about? picking who for what role as well Uh, casting i don't for me since i you know i wrote it i already had something in my mind an idea of what the character looked like how they moved how they spoke you know those those uh little quirks that people have so that's it's a fun part for me i also i like to do initially through real you know what they've done in the past with films or television or commercials, whatever they've done in the past and take a look at that. And I like to, um, when they get, you know, they give them the side to say the audition and they do their audition. I like to watch it on mute because it, it can come across and I'll watch it, you know, with the volume after, but I like to initially watch it on mute because you can see the performance. You can see the character, without being distracted by, um, I don't know, if something happens if someone shuts the door behind the person auditioning or if the person reading with the actor is, you know, too loud or something. So then on mute, it really breaks down just the person, just who's going to be on the screen during the whole movie. So, and then, you know, you add in the, the voice afterwards and 
if everything matches, we're good to go. And we're lucky we had a great cast. Everybody did really well. I was happy with them. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I um I know sometimes some people, you know, are very oh god, do I wanna say just specific or strict on people? Um I mean, I know some people will really search for that like great actor who can really portray them and like you know stuff like that and and then you got the ones who aren't really well known so and to be fair too i don't even think i've heard of any of the other actors that you casted and they all did good and you know it's just kind of really cool to see and actually hear you say watching the film like on mute and stuff that's kind of interesting i never even thought of that sometimes i gotta try that out one time for a movie just to see what that would who be. pops like, out yeah you'll, yeah, yeah you'll see it once you start doing it you won't be able to stop because well initially just because it's, it's you know they pop off screen you know how they they always give that example oh she has something or he has something he has it I think a good way to see that is on mute without any distractions or anything. But yet, all the talent in this film were local. So I wanted to really push, and I still am going to really push the Arizona market. Because there's a lot of talent here. We're close to Los Angeles. So you can go over there for auditions and stuff like that. But we also, I would like to build Arizona itself a lot more. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I mean, kind of like with us. I mean, it was all local people, except for one person. But that was because he ended up moving to Florida. So when Dead Static came in to play, he had to fly all the way out here, and he was only here for like a weekend. And he had a couple scenes within dead static in one of the, probably one of the most brutal things that we had to do with with him was the interview and i just remember he was screwing up on something and the guy who was directing was getting so mad that it was getting to the point of being midnight and he didn't want to cut it. He really wanted this scene done. And he, so he told me and his partner and to go into town to grab candles, as many candles as we could, to come back to light up the place to make it look like the place was still alive. So it's just like, oh boy. <laughs> so that hey, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> exactly i mean and the cool thing was when you actually watch it though you gotta the cool thing that i like is that they did it pretty well to make it feel alive too because they put the background noise of like the haunted house event that was going on 
So it actually makes you think like, oh, yeah, this was actually an, an interview while the Pittsburgh Haunted House was actually going on. So, yeah, I mean, doesn't make you think anything out like I just said. So, yeah. Yeah, the Hollywood tricks. Yeah. It is true. And, without, without like, the, you know, the soundtrack or the added uh, ambient sounds, it is pretty plain. But once you add everything, it's like magic. It goes together. Yeah, I'll be figuring that out soon enough, I think. But I don't know if I'll have music, but I'll figure out something. But, um, speaking of difficulty, when you were filming your film here for The Unearth, uh, did you run into any type of difficulties at all? Uh, yeah, we were in the, well, we were almost, we are in the desert, but there shouldn't be anything around, right? But there was airplanes. We were in the path. I don't know. I don't know if it was the day or days, plural, but we were underneath the path of airplanes. Not the 747s, but like the local, the little Cessnas, the little smaller planes. So a lot of the audio and everything, there's airplanes in and out, in and out. So it was a heck of a time trying to clean that up. Oh. Yeah. I almost had to add an airplane scene just to make it seem like. Uh, <laughs> There, we want those airplane sounds in there. Wow, that's. But yeah, that that was the yeah, that was the most difficult part was uh, getting rid of the airplane sounds or you know hmm. loud noises at awkward times or people driving by. But other than yeah. that, you know, the actors were all great. Everyone knew the lines. Knew that, you know, their characters were spot on. So as far as they go, nothing really in that sense. That That's good. That's good. I mean, I think that was like the only difficulty that we had too for when we were doing the final tale was just that specific interview. Otherwise, everything seemed to have um, gone pretty well. There was a scene we were originally going to do where like me and the other protagonist were going to look out the window from where people have seen the ghost uh ghost little girl and as we looked through the window we were supposed to see like the ghost girl outside but that entire scene actually got removed um just because they we kind of realized that Nobody had ever told or seen this little ghost girl outside of this place. They've always mentioned it's always like the second floor window. So mm-hmm. that got cut out. And that was really about it, I think. I mean, I can't really think of anything other other than just, like I said, that interview. So yeah, I I think every production is gonna run into at least one or two. Now that you mention it, though, the the initial scene with the cannibal guy, um, we had we got prosthetic teeth for him, you know, to make him look like a like a, a creature or something. But those dang things, they wouldn't stick; like they would fall out every two seconds. Hmm. No matter what we did. <laughs> The you know the molding to his mouth to his teeth they just would not stay, so I don't to me that took something out of his character just because but it's you know that's that's the show business it must go on. 
So you do the best you can and just go with it. And that's funny that you just uh, brought that up because when we, when Tesla and I were watching, we noticed there, there was, uh, especially that beginning there where you mentioned the cannibal, we were thinking it was a creature. So that's kind of funny that uh, you mentioned that too. So yeah, he was, he was supposed to be a creature. <laughs> but his creature, your, his creature yeah. special effects wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, jeez, that sucks yeah. too. It did. But, I mean, we did everything to keep him in his in his mouth, but they just, you know, it looked worse because they were falling out. So one wow. was there, one wasn't. So, <laughs> well, I guess so. You you were kind of answering this a little uh, little bit actually, and. Um, I, maybe you could elaborate more too, because when when um like the beginning, and I believe there's like one more in the end. Maybe there was another one, but I definitely remember the beginning and the ending, which I won't say too much of the ending. But um, there was that repeated scene going on, which so my idea of it was okay. We just literally just watch this girl watching a horror movie or something, and then just like get her neck ripped out by this creature or human or whatever this is. <laughs> whatever and, it is. Yeah, and then and then we notice, you know, that girl that was just eaten or is now back to watching the movie again. To then you coming in. And kicking his ass to the point where you just end up, I, I want to say chopping his head off because then you just like look at the lady and you're just like, I'm sorry for the mess. And then you drag out the body. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I guess, I guess for this question, I'm trying to figure out like, what was the idea with these repeated scenes? Was it like a different perspective or was there some sort of like a time warp? It's um, what it is is, the character, Don Slayer, he has a connection with, uh, you know, there's all this evil in the world, but he has a connection with the good side. So the good side gives him these premonitions, these dreams of um, the bad things happening before they do. And his job is to stop them from happening. So it is, it's a repeat of, for sure. But in the second one, he's able to... Um, find out where it's happening because he has that that innate ability to sense the direction. It's kind of like the, you know, the birds fly south for the winter. They don't have a map, but they know where they're going. That's kind of the uh, the premise behind him having the, the premonition and then killing the monster before it kills the girl or the boy or whatever. Oh. Okay, because we were confused what was kind of going on. We are like, wait a minute, what the heck is going on? Because <laughs> I, like, I debated I making a different color, you know, or mess with the color corrections of the uh, premonition and then, you know, having the normal, the normal scene, the normal scene. But I went with this way. I trust you guys. You figure it out. Well, that makes sense after you say that, too, because it's just like, Oh, okay, like, like that makes so much sense now. So, yeah, and you did get it right. I chopped his head off, but like I told you earlier, uh, I'm a fan, big fan of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. 
So I want to, I want the the audience to see it in their head, you know, the gruesomeness. Because there's no way, even if I show like an actual decapitation, the person will be like, uh, okay, that was gross, but whatever. But in your head, you can, the mind can just morph and see all kinds of things that makes the most sense to the individual. Or the most without cre- showing it on screen. Well, yeah, yeah. Or the most creepiest, really, or dangerous, depending on how your mind is, I guess. Exactly, yeah. I don't want to dig deep into too many people's minds. I don't know what they have going on. <laughs> I don't want to either. <laughs> but, um... Uh, is there anything else, Bo, that you would like to talk about for your film that we may have not have gotten to ask you about? Because, I mean, um, I didn't well, know what I could really say, so I wanted to at least get some insight on you as well. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad you, you said we did so we could clear up the uh, the premonition part because it it, it's a big part. That's kind of his thing. He has the the um, forecast before it happens, and then he tries to stop it. That's his main mission. Um, that's, that'd be the most important part. Oh, the I know a lot of people didn't see the shorts called The Babysitter before this one, but it kind of has the character um, of Hannah Bennett. She's the girl who works in the, in that, uh, I don't know, I had like warehouse eBay store kind of thing. But um, she has that scar on her neck because she was killed by a revenant. But since I killed the revenant, you know, his power was was cleared from her. So she's not in danger of becoming a vampire or anything like that. So she is connected to the dark side as well because I actually brought her back by kill, killing the, the lead vampire that bit her. So there's there's kind of a relationship there that hasn't been fully developed yet on the in the feature film world, but it will be. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, did you saw the the flashback that she had when she was going to shoot? Uh, oh, geez, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say all this stuff. Anyway, she has a flashback in the in the film, and uh, it's from her death in the previous short film. So yeah, I don't know how much more I can say without, like you said, ruining the ending. Yeah, ending. exactly, exactly. But yeah. that's interesting. Okay, I was wondering where mm-hmm. that flashback was coming from. It came from anything, anyways. So that's kind of interesting. Cool little inside backstory there. Um, yeah, there's a. It's about that's a little short. It's called a babysitter. It's on Amazon. It's like eight minutes. It's a little short, but it gives you a little background into her character and mine i'll have to definitely check it out then the babysitter you said call the babysitter all right cool i will definitely have to check that out too so bo is there anything uh in the works for 2019 or or anything at all for you know yeah, your yeah right now as you were, as we were talking about earlier, the Energizer Rabbit, um, there's a, a canine feature film in, in there working its way out right now into the uh, end edited script, multiple times edited script. But yeah, it'll be a little werewolf action coming, I would say June, June-ish feature film. 
Werewolves, I love werewolves. American Werewolf in Paris. No, in London, sorry. That was a big slip. American well, Werewolf in, also, in uh, London. Paris or something yeah, I too. So yeah, worry. there is, but I didn't really like that one. But American Werewolf in London is my favorite werewolf film. Oh yeah, oh you, yeah. Which did you did you watch the the American Werewolf in Paris? No, 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 no. No, yeah. No, I don't know. I, I'm just asking. I saw it, but you know, it's like we were talking about earlier too about how they make a part two or uh, you know continuing the story doesn't always live up to the initial. The excitement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it nicely. No, but just to clarify too, no, it's fine that you were asking. I'm just saying, no, like I've heard, I think I've heard enough to kind of tell myself, I think I would rather pass on this one, I think, from what I keep yeah. hearing. So. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's people that love it, and that's great because there's movies for everybody. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I think I think everybody just really just has their own. I mean, every well, everybody has their own taste and everything. I know that. Just like you can't please yeah. everybody and stuff like that. And you know, I, everybody's just so weird. Like, like Tessa and I, we kind of did an episode a long time ago. A long time ago, when we first started, where like we were talking about how. It's really weird that people want more jump scares rather than, like, you know, really thought-out scares. And it's just really interesting to see the horror community change. And it's just like, I don't even know what the horror community wants anymore. <laughs> Some, yeah. well, no, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I think the scares need to be, you know, concocted and slowly given to you to make it more scary jump scares is like a loud boom that you're gonna you're gonna jump anyway you know if you're scared or not exactly exactly Bo, is there anything else that you would like to mention or do you think we covered enough i mean i just want your input too so no yeah we've covered everything on the film and some of your guys background thankful for you guys to bring me on your show and i wish you guys all the best but um, as far as my stuff, we just, I just have the the werewolf feature film coming out later this year. Yeah, well, well, I think before I give you this final question, then uh, I will say right now that when that when your werewolf film comes out, I will uh, definitely will have to keep you posted, and maybe we can join up again so we can talk about your werewolf film. Oh, absolutely! I'd be happy to. Yeah, and. For your final question tonight, Bo, is what advice would you give for anyone that wants to start acting or becoming a stuntman or any type of tips or tricks for writing their own script and directing their own film? Uh, first and foremost, like we discussed earlier, just do it. Don't, don't doubt yourself. Just do it. Little by little, it doesn't matter. You're going to get there. And to, in order to have a guiding force for me is just your gut. You got to listen to your gut. It's not going to lie to you. If you think something isn't, you know, shaky or you're not comfortable, don't do it. Go the other way where your creative uh, juices can flow and you can 
you know, be inspired to become an actor or writer or whatever. Just keep doing it. Don't give up. And that's, you know, you got you got to just keep doing it. It's like practice. Everything you do, you get better at each time you do it. So don't give up. Keep working hard and uh, follow your gut. Hey, that's pretty much what I would say, too. The only thing I would add in that I usually tell people, too, is um, if somebody doesn't like it, I just tell them there's the goddamn door. <laughs> Don't let it hit you on the way out, too. So yeah, you, you have to trust yourself. Can't listen to the naysayers, like they say. And well, like you said, it's, there's something for everybody. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person. You know, you just there's something for everybody. Exactly, exactly. Just like, um, you know, on Earth may not be for everybody, and even though it may be for some, and, and you know, at least you did it, though. At least you did it. Exactly. And the good thing about storytelling is you get better each time, so. That, too. That, too. Yeah. So, yeah, so, Bo, uh, thanks again so much, and also, if you would like to, I will let you plug any type of social media or films of where you can watch them especially like on earth and so on yeah head on, where, yeah, where people head on to, to amazon or amazon prime uh the lone gunslinger pictures we have a, a bunch of films on there unearth the curse of nephthys is on there you can go to boyadi.com and instagram and facebook boyadi and you'll be able to connect and see everything that's going on very cool. Very cool. And what about if people wanted to tr find you on social media to try to keep up with everything that you got going on? Yeah. Um, same. I mean, just search Bo Yachty, B-A-U-Y-O-T-T-Y. Luckily, no one has that. <laughs> it's pretty unique, so there won't be a bunch of me. It'll just be me. Well, I will say that is a very unique name. So, yeah. Yeah, my parents did a good job. I don't know what they were thinking, but I think they got that right. No, they definitely did. It's better than Paul, which is a very popular name nowadays, it seems like. I mean... That's true. It's a good name, I'm though. I mean, I'm filmed, so I, got, I guess I play a lot of actors. I mean, whatever. I mean, you know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know a couple friends of mine used to joke with me about Family Guy, where... There was one episode where, oh God, what was it? It was um, it was the one when they were making fun of something, but it was like with a penguin and an elephant. So, uh, the the character like God comes in or something goes, like looks at the 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 baby that the penguin and elephant somehow made, and he's just like, what is that? And he, and the animals are like, oh, that him? Oh, that's Paul. And it's just like, well, <laughs> throw him the fuck overboard. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I see. I see. I Poor see. Paul. I, it, yeah, see, exactly. So he used to uh, pick on me for that. Like, oh, you'd get thrown overboard. <laughs> and it's just like, shut up. That's <laughs> but, great. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, Bo, thank you again for the opportunity and like i mentioned when your werewolf film comes out we can definitely have you come back on and we can try to talk about the werewolf and that would be fun. all right yeah that sounds good i appreciate it
yeah, you're very welcome. And everybody else, thank you for listening. This has been a interview with Bo Yachty. And definitely check out his new film, The Unearthed, The Curse of the Nymph. Nymphs. Ah. Nephthys. Nephthys. There we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a tongue twister. But kind it of. is, for sure. And definitely check it out. I mean, it's on Amazon. And then afterwards, rate it. So that way it can be up there and rated as well. And um, I was your host tonight, Paul Dosky, with my lovely fiance. Tessa Baker. And we like to tell you all, like every time, to stay scary. <laughs> <laughs>